There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you'll only look Then you will see On WCN-TV There's a lot of things in this old world that don't make sense. Boy, if that isn't the truth today, folks. Wow, what a time. What a time to be thinking about what's going on around us. I was out yesterday with a crew learning how to weed whack professionally because I can't persuade enough Christians to go out and weed whack what the devil's doing in the culture. So in order to stabilize my income, I'm going to need to go out uh, on the coast of Maine and mow and weed whack for a local guy. And uh, I was shocked as I traveled around from cottage to cottage on the beautiful coast of Maine, thinking about what I learn on the internet every day about the jab or the jabby, the vaccine, whatever you want to call it as I think about what's been done to us by global powers over the past year and a half. And it's like, uh, it's like I'm living two lives. It's the life that I saw yesterday when I was traveling on the coast of Maine just seemed normal and sun was shining, ocean breeze, beautiful. People seemed somewhat normal. Didn't see a whole lot of masks. Didn't see a whole lot of people either. Have you noticed that people are sort of hunkering down inside their houses? You don't see kids outside playing. You don't see people. It's, uh, but it still has this feeling of normalcy. And then I think about videos like this one and what we're going to talk about today in this next hour. And you're going to want to share uh, with friends. By the way, folks, this is Wisconsin Christian News TV, WCNTV.net, WCNTV.net. There's an uh, enormous range of very helpful content, videos, one hour long interviews with people like Alan Keyes and our great guest today who is Arthur Shaper from, uh, lives in California, but works with a activist group that is one of the best in the world on the subject of sodomy, mass resistance, mass resistance out of Massachusetts, headed by my very good friend, Brian Camperker. Arthur is with us today. I want to bring him in now and let him say hello as I keep doing my, uh, my, my opening monologue. Arthur, thank you for joining us from all the way from California. I'm in Maine, folks. Our producers in Mount Airy, North Carolina, and we are broadcasting primarily to uh, with an interest in Wisconsin folks, but of course, because we're on the internet, we're global. So Arthur, welcome to WSANTV.net. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. I really appreciate it. But the things uh, are... In this world, Arthur and all of my uh, audience members are really strange right now. I I do feel like there are two sides. There's the devil's side, Satan's side, the, the side of the liar, and then there's the side of truth. And I'm finding that the human beings on the planet who are interested in truth are turning off CNN and all Fox News, all of the uh, so-called trusted uh, media sources from my past, and they're to, they're paying attention to what's on the internet. But I was surprised yesterday. I was with a 21 year old, and I told him that there's three doctors that I've encountered, which seem to be trustworthy voices, who are suggesting that because the mRNA experimental jab technology is experimental, and because it hasn't been tested, uh, 
there's a Nobel Prize winner who has said, and everybody who takes the jab is going to die in two years. There's another uh, credible doctor who I listen to who says everybody who takes the jab is going to be dead in three years. And then there's a third one that I've exposed myself to on the internet who also is very credible and credentialed, who says everyone who takes the jab is going to die in four years. So here we are packed in three, three uh, tight in the front of this pickup truck, bouncing around to weed whack lawns. And I tell this 21 year old, he's going to be dead in two to four years. And he'd never heard it before, even though he spends a lot of time on the internet. So it's, it's not, it, there's more than two worlds, isn't there, Arthur? This is just a very chaotic time. And, and isn't that on purpose? I know you, you've uh, read and thought a lot about Marxism and communism and the ideologies of the 19th and 20th centuries. And this is sort of a characteristic of a color revolution or of a revolution that is inspired by Marxism, isn't it? Yes. I mean, one of the, one of the fundamental tenets of cultural Marxism has been the destruction of the family that was introduced into the congressional record. It was exposed in the congressional record by a Florida congressman in 1963. The promotion of homosexuality, the de- the uh, the promotion of the degrading of morals, natural marriage, life, family, and we're seeing a um, a flourishing culmination of this agenda. No longer is it just in the universities, but now they push it in the public schools as well as in the public square. And there's a rigorous um tyrannical effort to silence suppress or penalize anyone who speaks out against it uh it, it's um mass resistance however we've we've been sounding the alarm about this um culture of death for over 25 years brian started the fight with his own in, in his own school district fighting for his kids fighting for the students for the children throughout massachusetts and we are very pleased to find that we're back in Massachusetts again. We fought back against the perverse attempts by school officials to groom and manipulate children to become transgender. This is becoming a very disturbing craze in a lot of public schools now. But mass resistance has been exposing it and putting a stop to it. Brian Kamaker is one of the most, I find every, everybody's interesting, but Brian uh, is uh, has been in such a steady stalwart figure in political activism for going on. I've, I've known about his work for, you said 25 years. I think it's more like 35 uh, from when I remember him first getting involved. He uh, had the sex ed curriculum back then show up in his school and he just started to ask honest questions and he wasn't getting good answers. And so he kept pushing it and he ultimately ended up becoming so upset with the lack of reason behind what he was encountering and with the pure evil of what was being promoted to uh, impressionable children that he started to, that he decided to become a full-time political activist. And he's been one ever since, and he's been relentless in uh, going after this particular issue of homosexuality. And now he's got global reach. He's been helping concerned parents uh, all over the world. I, tell us a little bit about that real quick. If, if you can tell us a little bit about the beginning of mass resistance and Brian Kamaker's work there. If you, uh, I know I didn't tell you we were going to go there, but if, if you can That's go fine. there a little, a little bit and then folks, you, you want to let, let people know about this show uh, and have them tune in because what we're going to talk about happening in the Ludlow Middle School in Massachusetts is happening in every public school in the United States of America. At some level, it's there. This ideology of so-called freedom and liberation with respect to sexuality is in your child's school in some form. It's there. And you can begin to achieve success the same way Brian did by asking honest and questions, by asking questions that you have publicly, if at all possible, and if not publicly, ask the teacher, ask the, ask the principal, ask, ask the authorities what's going on. One of the big problems, Arthur, I think, and I'll let you tell Brian's story, but uh, I'll try to keep this in mind that I want to go here, is that we've trusted the school officials and the teachers way too much, we being the parents of our children and our grandchildren. We've trusted them way too much. Tell us about the creation story of mass resistance. 
And yes. while, he's, while, he's, while he's doing that, uh, Spencer's going to uh, be showing massresistance.org, which is their excellent, excellent, excellent website. Uh, Brian's done a fabulous job chronicling uh, the history of what he's done. You can find so much good information, documented information, uh, history and inspiration on that website. More on this issue of sodomy, homosexuality, than uh, more information there on that website than I would say on any other website in the world uh, when you are thinking about, Christ uh, not Christian, but uh, political activism on this particular issue. Go ahead, Arthur. How did Brian get this thing going? Right. So it started in 1993. He was living in Newton, Massachusetts. At the time, his children, school age, middle school, elementary school, they were bringing home some of the most horrific, sexually explicit, disgusting material uh, to, to sh they, they were teaching kids about fisting. They were teaching kids about all kinds of perverse sexual acts that have no business being mentioned in children's presence or even in an adult's presence or in the public square, let alone a public school. Uh, Brian started fighting back against this, uh, this perverse propaganda. He spoke out at the school board meetings. Um, what shocked him the most was the amount of vicious backlash that he got from LGBT activists and liberal proponents of this sexual license being pushed upon his children. So it started from there he then united with parents across the state of Massachusetts. At the time, it was the Parents' Rights Coalition. And it then moved into the Article 8, and then it became mass resistance because it's based in Massachusetts. They were able to bombard, pressure the state legislature, which was majority liberal, majority pro, you know, perversion, um, even with a Republican governor, I think, at the time. They were able to still force through an opt-out law so that no child would have to sit through and listen to that evil being propagated against them. Uh, from there, Brian's been dedicated to fighting the promotion of this anti-family, anti-life, LGBT agenda in all of its forms. Um, as you mentioned, our reach has gone from Massachusetts. I'm here in California. We have activists in Texas, Nevada, Washington State. Even in Wisconsin, we had a we had a group of activists who fought fought against the LGBT promotion in their local library. And yes, we work around the world. Uh, we have activists in Taiwan, Hong Kong, Canada. We've worked with people in the United Kingdom. We have people in Nigeria. Excuse me, people in South Africa who want to get involved as well. Uh, just want to kind of lift everybody's spirits somewhat. Speaking about our international reach, we've been helping dutifully, as diligently as we can, uh, Mr. Robert Hoagland, who not only were his, was his daughter being transitioned against his knowledge or will in the local school district in British Columbia, when he found out about it, when he went to court to stop it, the courts pushed back on him and sided with the LGBT militants and corrupt doctors who were butchering his daughter and told him to be quiet about it. He refused, and for the next year, he continued to disseminate to the world what was happening to his daughter in a so-called Western liberal democracy. We repeatedly promoted his work, his statements. We worked with other Canadian activists to sound the alarm. He ultimately sat in a prison cell for two months just for telling the truth about the sexual abuse being done to his daughter. He is now free. If any man should be, if anyone should be cynical, depressed, and very dour about our world circumstances, it would be Robert Hoagland. But I was just on the phone with him yesterday. Not only, first of all, he's been very grateful for what mass resistance has been able to do for him uh, in spite of so many of the privations he's faced. He is very optimistic about our fight against this LGBT perversion, um, sodomy, homosexuality, and transgenderism, the whole array of evil is crumbling around us. Brian Kamaker has sounded the alarm for decades. This is a house of cards, and just like the Soviet Union, it is bound to collapse. We've even pointed out um, foreign peoples, like in Jamaica today, we have informed that the Jamaican people are rallying against the um, cor cor uh, corrupt, sodomite, uh, cultural imperialism of our U.S. embassy networks. Um, we didn't report on that, but even here in California, our activists fought against the raising of the um, pride, or really the shame flag. Uh, we got it taken down in Chula Vista, California, a very liberal area. We also stopped its um, uh, we also stopped its flying in Westminster, California. We've been fighting in other cities here uh, in California. So even in the bluest of blue states, the reddest of red states, the most liberal and conservative of jurisdictions, we are finding a growing community of men and women around the world who want to stop this evil. Um, it might shock the listeners, but 
you know, President Trump, he was, you know, he was give and take, hit and miss on fighting this agenda. Uh, His policies were good. His rhetoric was bad. I would have never allowed Mr. Rick Grinnell anywhere near any position of authority in our government. Uh, Yet in spite of that, uh, I, I we recognize that with his departure, we have a perverse LGBT militant. Um, occupying the White House. I'm not using the word president, you'll notice. And uh, a growing community of men and women across the world recognize this. Um, it's it's sad and it, it's good and it's bad in this sense. Someone this bad had to come to prominence because people have ignored your alarm about this, Mike. They have ignored Brian, Mass Resistance in general, myself and others. We have sounded the alarm about this LGBT tyranny and people were not paying attention now nobody has a choice. Um, I, I don't hold back. I say to people, told you so. Those are three words I use a lot um, in the last few months when it comes to this LGBT hegemony. Um, I'm happy to report younger people who have a very libertarian bent. They're starting to abandon that and they recognize, wow, all of those old conservative fogies who were up alarmed about LGBT perversion, they were right. We were right told you so and so people are waking up and pushing back against this evil um we have more parents speaking out in crt against critical race theory as well which is founded on lgbt perversion we've also been successful at removing black lives matter promotionalism in some schools that is also founded on the destruction of the family um you've mentioned about concerns regarding vax outrage concerning vax mandates health mandates mask mandates it is so important that we keep our eye on the larger ball, which is that our culture is in massive collapse. The Judeo-Christian framework is being summarily dismissed, even in the institutions where it should be promoted, like our local churches. And there's a need to restore a, a respect and a resurgence of our natural law foundation based on biblical revelation and constitutional principles. And I do believe, in spite of the horrific that we, the, the, the horrors we see around us, it's important to remember the biblical promise. The path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter to the perfect day. No matter how dark it may get in the world, it just means that the light will shine brighter. Amen, Arthur. Amen. And one of the things that is essential to our humanity and to our overcoming evil is the this word is the narrative. And you know the the greatest story ever told, the most potent narrative today and forever is the narrative of the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ, where humanity begins as having been created in this pristine garden, and we are ordered by God not to eat from a particular tree. We do that. The fall and death enters humanity, so there's a fall from that perfect place, that beautiful bucolic garden of Eden and there's a fall into sin and then there's a redemption that comes because of the sacrifice of God himself because mankind proves uh, incapable of dealing with sin and so Mm -hmm. God's son comes and pays the penalty for sin because holiness is holiness is holiness and you're never going to change that and there's no way to get to it unless there's a sacrifice and so god sacrifices himself christianity is what is the most powerful story on the planet because we get to know a god who is both uh both in heaven and here and present with us and who it has sacrificed himself for us so that we can overcome in this moment we can ever overcome in this moment of deep dark bewildering chaos and we overcome by taking each day the bible tells us uh, to to live each day and to accept from god what comes our way in each day and know that regardless of our circumstances whether we suffer or not he is right there with us and in fact if we are suffering for the right reason i think he draws even closer to us and part of this narrative is Arthur Shaper and Brian Kamaker's uh, relentless. Quick correction. My last name is Shopper. Shopper. I'm sorry. Uh, Arthur Shopper from California representing Mass Resistance today and Brian Kamaker. So this gospel is what gives us the power to overcome this great narrative, this uh, incredibly, this incredible good story. And God says that we 
should come and reason together with him. That's another thing that we're giving up as we move ahead is taking time to reason, come and let us reason together with the God of the universe. You can do that today. You can start doing it today. If you've never done it, it's called prayer. We're not going to go there today. But Arthur, we are going to tell a story right now, a narrative that comports with the gospel. It's a, it's a story of sacrifice, but it's also a story of overcoming. And if you want to read it in all of its gory details, you can go to massresistance.org. And there's 13 stories there that tell the details of what happened at the Ludlow Middle School. And Arthur, what happened there is a teacher decided to do the right thing. And, yes. and it ended up paying uh, quite a high price. And I think she is still paying that high price today. Tell us about this teacher. Yes, Bonnie Manchester, she's a social studies teacher in Baird Middle School in Ludlow. Uh, she was uh, she was aware of a systemic process where a very creepy, corrupt librarian named Jordan Funk, a woman pretending to be a man, that should tell you how corrupted her mind was, was inducing, taking advantage of very um, at-risk youth in the middle school. She was inducing this the librarian was causing them to be transgender, tell, you know, telling them to, you know, the, the reason why they're depressed or sad is that their parents don't. It's not about the, the issue of parents at home, but it was she was saying, well, it's because you're a boy, but you're really supposed to be a girl and the, and vice versa for another child who was a girl who was supposed to be a boy. She was doing this with another and with other students. Um, they in, in a perverse cooperate in corrupt cooperation with the principal, Stacy Monette and the superintendent, Todd Gazda. Um, the librarian was teaching kids to take on different names and to use different pronouns, and and this um, this evil transformation was taking place on school property. However, the school and the staff they would still communicate with the parents as though not, they hadn't done anything. They used the, the students' proper names and their proper pronouns when talking about them. Uh, Bonnie Manchester found out about this, and she began filing complaints about it with the staff. This is wrong. We can't allow this. So then she was put on leave. She was punished for speaking the truth. Um, Mass uh, resistance. Arthur, Arthur, I want to interrupt you here because I had just encountered this reality about what's going on in the schools in Maine recently, and I'm sure it's present in Wisconsin and throughout the United States, and that is that uh, policies and practices are now in place that encourage staff within schools to maintain a confidential relationship with a child, yes. in this case in middle school, that, that includes creating a false identity that is the opposite gender. And the parents, it's not just that it's hidden from the parents, it's policy that the parents can't be told. It, yes, uh, like th that goes back to the previous example when I talked about what Rob Hoagland experienced in Canada. By the way, uh, you know, just briefly with the Rob Hoagland situation, the, the need for secrecy, the intense demand for secrecy was so great. As I said, Robert was not allowed to talk about this issue publicly to the press. He had to hide under a, a, a court appointed, a court uh, appointed, assumed name along with his daughter. But he told he told the world he said everything. Um, that there was this gag order imposed on him not to even talk about it. Uh, so we're, we're thankful for very courageous parents like him and more parents need to have the courage to, we want to encourage them to do the same thing. Here, so this, uh, teacher, we'll this teacher, Bonnie okay. Hoagland is, I'm sorry, Hoagland, Manchester. Bonnie, Bonnie uh, Manchester is uh, an official, a, a teacher. She's on the staff and she becomes aware of this uh, reality that these children are being targeted for, for molestation, basically, might as well call yes. it that, uh, by another member of the staff. And she decides that she has a duty, a responsibility to do something about it. Now, I'm sure the principal and the superintendent came to her side and came to her defense and that uh, everything turned out for, uh, for the best, right? Because obviously, yeah. this, is, this is so obviously evil, folks. Yeah, <laughs> how as can I, we have allowed sure. our society? How can we, how can you, how can I have allowed our society to descend to this level of wickedness and evil? Words don't describe this. This is 
really sick stuff we're talking about, Arthur. I'd, I'd like to share that there, again, as, as I mentioned, a silver lining, I'd like to share that there's been a silver lining has developed in this case as well. So let me share with you about that. So Bonnie, as of now, we were working with her. We were supporting her. The community rallied behind her in greater numbers. They were appalled at what they found out that the school was doing, lying to the public. Uh, I worked with a number of the parents. Um, one gentleman from Wilbraham, Massachusetts, named Rich Howell. I know he's a friend of yours. He stepped in and took the lead with this group. And they started passing a flyer around informing the school, the community as a whole, what was going on. Ludlow's a pretty tightly knit community, um, g- generally pretty conservative. And they fought back. They pushed on this. People spoke out at one of the school board meetings in July after all of this came out. Because of our efforts, because of shining the light on this evil, um, the kids are now getting counseling. The librarian resigned. The superintendent also resigned. Uh, We're working on dealing with the principal as well. Bonnie Manchester and the parents of these kids who were abused, they have secured excellent legal counsel, and they're going after the school board. They're going after the school district. Um, Mass resistance efforts in the city was so pronounced and profound that the school committee called a special meeting in the middle of July July, precisely just to defame and malign us. We had that much of an impact on the city that you had creepy LGBT militants in the schools, in the teachers union, coming forward and saying nasty things about our group and our activists and the parents. We really got under the skin. Uh, A Ludlow activist even um, tried to defame me yesterday on social media and I punched right back at him. They're not used to somebody doing that. And this is something we need to encourage and increase um, you know, to foster, equip, and encourage parents to know that they are not alone in this fight and that on the other side of the fight is victory. Many kids' lives are going to be saved. And the abject corruption, the complete moral abyss that has overtaken our, can't even call them public schools, we have to call them government schools, has come to light in such an extent. And with the innovations and the programs that are now available. We have more parents who are able to escape the clutches of these government schools. And a large part of it is to protect their kids from LGBT indoctrination. Uh, Just to let you let your viewers know, we are helping parents now in Michigan uh, also fighting back against this indoctrination. I've been working with a a large group and a growing group of parents in um, Traverse city, Michigan, which is, you know, a pretty strong LGBT region in the state of Michigan. Uh, I've worked, I'm working with the group in Wyoming right now, Wyoming, a very red state. I mean, this evil is permeating even in the local governing boards in these states uh, where you have library boards and commissions that are accommodating this agenda rather than taking a stand. We have activists that are just pushing back very strongly. And uh, I think there's a growing awareness among LGBT militants that they, the very essence of their agenda is always to go too far. And now parents and outraged citizens in general are pushing back. Ludlow is a prime example of what can, can be accomplished with a consistent and sustained effort to show mass resistance against the promotion of this evil and the um, subtle torturing of children to accept this evil. We're talking with Arthur Shopper from Mass Resistance, and we have reached the bottom of the hour. Uh, unbelievably, to me, the time is flying. This is such an important topic. You need to share the archive of this video, which will be up on WCNTV.net uh, within a few short minutes after the show is completed. We are live streaming uh, on the Internet to the whole world and we're going to pay a couple bills here for two minutes and when we come back we're going to learn a little bit more about the price that bonnie manchester paid to stand up and confront this satanic evil in the ludlow middle school stay tuned pornography is a destructive force it destroys individuals families and fuels the out of control demand for sex trafficking 45% of Christian families say porn is a problem in their home, but why aren't churches and public schools talking about this? Fear. People who view porn think they're the only one. It's a lie. Statistically, more people view porn than who do not and struggle in silence. www.lynnfrederick.com. You can find the book I wrote about my own battle with porn and the presentations that I do for churches and public schools. 
lynnfrederick.com. At the McClario Firm, it all starts with family. We are here to serve you and your family online or in person. Call today for a free consultation. The McClario Firm, your law firm for life. Are you a parent, mentor, or youth leader searching for meaningful books to engage your middle and high schoolers? Look no further. The books in the Off the Itinerary series by author M. Liz Boyle are receiving outstanding reviews for their compelling plots and strong Christian themes. Avalanche, Chased, and soon-to-be-released Ablaze are available on Amazon and at most bookstores. Check out mlizboyle.com for discussion guides to accompany each book. This is Leighton Howerton, and I've learned a lot from my monthly subscription to the Wisconsin Christian News. It's a national newspaper that's dedicated to encouraging you in your Christian walk, and it's chock plumb full of biblically sound articles and commentaries from some of the best Christian writers and authors in the country that, in my opinion, are more than up to the task of taking on the toughest issues in the midst of all the uncertainties we're facing living in times like these. Wisconsin Christian News is a nationally and internationally distributed newspaper and is a vitally important resource that you don't want to miss out on reading, either in print or through an online subscription. And to get your copy, all you have to do is visit www.wisconsinchristiannews.com. That's www.wisconsinchristiannews.com. And tell my old friend, publisher, and editor, Rob Pugh, sign me up today. All right. During the break, I learned a couple things that we're going to come out of the break talking about. And if you don't want to miss even one nanosecond of this show, then you can go to WCNTV.net and you can sign in to the program and you can be a member of the live audience. And we do have a member of the live audience who uh, identifies himself as Chimaha, who during the break, uh, told us something, and I want him to say it while we're streaming live. Shamaha, come on in here and tell us what you told us on, uh, during the break. Yes, uh, Arthur, I hadn't, I wasn't familiar with you, so I uh, did a Google search, and uh, I couldn't find a. I looked pretty hard, and I couldn't find a thing they said that was in your favor or positive about you. And so, on the basis of that, I and endorsing you completely i i think you're doing the right thing press on absolutely i, I, I love that be, i love that now that's now what I, kind of world i'm sorry to interrupt you right there but what kind of world do we live in now where the the uh company that built its reputation by claiming it would never do any evil is now the company google where if it serves up uh, information about someone that is negative, we know that that person is a good person. What's that tell you about how, how we're doing? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think that that's such a ringing endorsement because people, and this is a general encouragement to everybody who's listening. We have such a corrupted, but thankfully, more importantly, an exposed corporate media culture, which nobody believes, anybody with any sense doesn't believe or, or, or respect anymore. I'm in California. They call a black man running for governor white supremacy and blackface. When you have a so-called reputable newspaper defaming a black man the same way that the Ku Klux Klan would have done 50 years ago, you know corporate media has no integrity, has no um, has no credibility or integrity. And yes, indeed, um, a cursory you know a cursory search of my name of mass resistance. Um, you know, any organization that attacks LGBT perversion, there will be hate groups that attack us. I've been targeted by white nationalist groups. Um, there's a there's a keen hate group um, in Alabama, not the Ku Klux Klan, although some of them, I think, sadly, I mean, you've got the Westboro Baptist groups. They are registered Democrats themselves, surprisingly enough. But there's another hate group called the Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, they used to intimidate conservatives. They used to intimidate pro-family activists. Their efforts have put even pro-family activists in danger. Just ask the Family Research Council. We have a beautiful church here in El Monte, California, that was firebombed for its pro-family views because of the Southern Poverty Law Center. Yet in spite of their hate, we've stood for truth. And even here in California, my efforts and efforts with others, we have pushed back on local and even national newspapers. They don't reference that hate group anymore. 
We've been very effective, not just in fighting the culture war against the perversion in the local boards, but we've even pushed back on media conglomerates. They don't reference that hate group because we've exposed them. We don't sit back and hope people will say things, nice things about us. We punch right back. We've had considerable success, even in um, even NBR, NPR, National Public Radio, hardly a conservative or a, a, a truthful bearing of uh, bearer of knowledge or news. They've even removed um, references to that hate group in Alabama. So it's um, I, it's a badge of honor when, you know, corrupt media conglomerates that no longer command any respect. All they can do is defame you and they have no impact anymore. So I really appreciate that. Uh, Jamaha. Thank you. Speaking speaking of institutions that command no respect, how about we talk for a moment about the FBI? This is another little tidbit that I learned during the break while you were while you who are watching live are missing out on what happens during the break. Don't miss out. Go to WCNTV.net next week and become part of the live audience. You don't have to speak. You can come in under a pseudonym, but do it. Come on into the audience and speak your mind. Ask a question. Be part of the backstory here at WCNTV.net. So what I learned during the break is that Arthur has joined, is in in my company and having been visited by the FBI for not doing anything wrong whatsoever. How can an institution like this uh, have so much, be given so many resources that they can waste time going after guys like Arthur and me and not stop all of this mayhem and violence and criminal activity throughout America. How do they have enough time, Arthur, the FBI, to come? In my case, two guys came, drove an hour each way uh, to knock on my door over nothing, over some anonymous complaint. They wouldn't even tell me what the source of the complaint was. And all they did was, all they did was threaten and intimidate me. My own government, yes. I paid tax. It might, the only thing I did that could possibly have drawn them is practice my First Amendment religious and political free speech on the Internet. But they wouldn't even say that that, that was why they visited me. I had to guess. We, we live in such crazy times when the FBI does this kind of So they came to your house. What did you do to them? Well, yes. And before I explain, I, I've just shared with your producer our report. It's from May. Uh, it's on our website. So if he could share that with the audience, that would be wonderful. So, yes, it was in late May. The FBI came to my door asking about the January 6th insurrection, which has recently been exposed as not an insurrection at all. Even the FBI was forced to concede. They came to my door. They asked me, were you there? Do you know anybody who was there? And I, first of all, I said, I need to see your badges. I recorded the whole encounter. So that's very important. Always put them on camera. And then afterwards I said, I was not there. I don't know anyone who was there, but then I pushed back on them and said, how did you get in here? I'm in a gated community. Oh, well, we can't tell you that. And I said, what you guys are doing is disgusting. It's unconstitutional. And I went Art Pulaski on him and I told him to get out. I yelled at them and I said, leave now. I cast him out. It was a very gratifying experience. Um, And very quickly, Art Pulaski is the wonderful pastor from Calgary, Alberta, who cast out the Calgary Nazis. Um, I met him in June. Um, He has had multiple run-ins with law enforcement in Canada where free speech doesn't really exist. The Charter of Rights means nothing up there to the police powers. Uh, But I cast them out, and we've encouraged more people to do the same, to stand up to the FBI. Um, This is a corrupt – these are full-blown idiots. That's what FBI should represent. They are completely given over to LGBT uh, promotionalism. They fly the pride flag in front of their buildings. They need to be dismantled and disbanded. They are a corrupt organization which has far outlived its usefulness. Um, we see their Gestapo-like tactics at work currently uh, you know, with this very corrupt regime that's occupying Washington right now. But it was a very gratifying experience. A lot of people saw the video. They were very grateful that I cast them out. And more people need to start doing the same with low-level or high-level law enforcement. I'd like to add another point about this. Um, We were fighting against Black Lives Matter very prominently last year. We had rallies. We didn't have pro-police rallies. That's very important to say that. I'm pro-rule of law. I'm not knee-jerk pro-law enforcement. Um, They have a responsibility to protect our rights, and police officers are failing to do their job in many jurisdictions. This is a problem. Um, Our rallies were explicitly anti Black Lives Matter. Our rallies were explicitly anti-LGBT. We spoke out against these perversions. 
and we gave people more courage to do so. Uh, it's time for people to understand that their authority as citizens is a responsibility they need to reassert. Our Constitution says we the people. It doesn't say we the government. It doesn't say we the Congress or we the bureaucracy. Um, this is an assertive restoration restoration that mass resistance is invested in. We saw this with the parents in Ludlow. We're seeing this with our activists in Wyoming, in Michigan, and even in Texas, and, and as, as well as other places. So my experience uh, with the uh, FBI, I like that acronym. Say that again, FBI. Is- Full-blown idiots. <laughs> yes. I, rec- I recorded my experience with them as well. Mine came as a result of my, as I said, religious and political speech on the Internet. I wrote a series of columns entitled uh, Bundles of Sticks Are Maggots. Uh, bundles of Sticks is uh, the English word. The English word for a bundle of sticks is faggots. Faggots are maggots. And I didn't attack anybody personally, but I made a political and religious argument about how our civilization is rotting from within as a result of the beliefs uh, and practices associated with the LGBTQ movement. And you can read those articles today at michaelheath.org. At the time, I was working for FedEx doing last mile delivery. In other words, during COVID, I was running up to 100 homes a day and delivering a package. And uh, my boss, unbeknownst to me, was transitioning on Facebook from male to female. When I I knew him as a male and Facebook people knew him as a female, uh, speculation is that he found my website, read it, and he collaborated with the security official at the terminal where I picked up my packages and he got me investigated by the by the company by the corporation fedex i was interrogated by a guy re- representing himself as a good christian that's what he said to me he said i'm a good christian and he produced uh, copies printed copies from my website and he read this the uh, word faggots or maggots and he said uh, don't you think i i'm a good christian don't you think this is incendiary language and i stopped him right there and i said no what i think is incendiary is the god of the universe raining down fire from heaven on sodom and gomorrah that's what i think is incendiary and uh, a week and a half later i was told i, I got a call from my contractor he said we're going to pick up the truck you're all done that's it no reason given i wasn't fired i was denied the opportunity to wear the fedex logo anywhere in the planet for the rest of my life and uh, so didn't have the money to hire a lawyer. And this is the way it's going to be for folks during this transition time. I agree with you, Arthur. People are waking up at about the same time, this same individual, we believe. But you can't prove anything about you can't prove anything because they do it all anonymously. These they have no courage. They are total, complete, absolute cowards. They made an this guy made an anonymous complaint to the FBI and the FBI came to my house. So but Arthur. The FBI issued their report on Friday exonerating Alex Jones and um, uh, the other gentleman, uh, Roger Stone. And at the same time, they're so corrupt, the left is so corrupt that they issued a warrant for Owen Schroyer's arrest. If you don't know who these people are, they're all part of InfoWars. And so it's a yeah. it's a massive. Can I talk about Owen Troyer briefly? Uh, it it uh, he has been a big supporter of mass resistance. Uh, he has promoted a lot of our work in Texas. Texas, you know, on the surface is a very red state, but big pharma has big money. They've been uh, taking over the legislature. We have Republicans governing every branch of government. And they killed every bill to stop the sex mutilation of minors, to keep boys out of girls' sports, and also to protect religious liberties and to stop the advance of sexual promotion, um, LGBT uh, hegemony in the public square or in the workplace. Uh, We have not stopped fighting back there. I'm working with another parent, Jeff Younger. Um, he his son was taken away from him by his ex-wife who wants to transition him to become a girl. I interviewed him earlier today. Um, we are we um, we are committed mass resistance. We're committed to um, continuing this fight. We go after the state legislature. We're going after the bad judges. We're going after every agent of power in Texas who thinks it's OK to mutilate. Um, to mutilate little boys and girls to try to become. Arthur, the I have to interrupt you at this point because it's so important. If you've been watching this show, you you're listening to the names of nations and states being thrown around very casually by Arthur. I got to tell you that uh, you, if you're sending money to focus on the family or the family research council or any of the other, these other groups who have made, who have raised millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars on this issue, you need to stop right now. 
I worked for these groups for 20 years. I was, I wasn't directly on the payroll, but I was the main leader for these groups for 20 years. You need to stop sending them money. You've given them enough money and they've spent all of it to lose this particular battle. Even they don't know that, but you need to stop sending them money because everything you've heard said so far, all of these great stories of of victory and parents rising up to do something truly positive come because of pretty much one guy for years and years and years. And that was Brian. And now it's two guys and that's Arthur, but that's about it. You're looking, you're I, have to, I, I have to interject. I mean, I, I recognize what you're saying as far as leadership is concerned, but we, we are, we're proud to share. I have 20 leaders I work with in different States now who are actively pursuing fighting these issues. We've worked with people even in Utah. Um, not our, exactly. Our, our, like, I, don't, I hate to interrupt you, but let me say most all of them I get, I would imagine are, are volunteers. Yes. Yes. And, it's, it's, and, it's volunteer. You don't have a huge staff. Mass resistance is, for the most part, in terms of leadership, Arthur and Brian. They deserve your financial support. Massresistance.org. Massresistance.org. These are humble, capable, proven, experienced, fearless leaders who deserve your financial support. I just wanted to get that in, Arthur. I'm sorry to interrupt you, you, but it was... I, I needed to say it. I needed to say it. So if you can remember what you were saying, keep going. If not, we'll transition back to Bonnie Manchester. We got a question from Harry. Harry, come on in here. Harry. Harry and Hadassah from Illinois. Thank you, Spencer. <laughs> uh, this isn't so much a question, but it goes right along with the sex education. I just wanted to share an experience that we came across I'll only say it was in one of the southern states. Now, I'm not getting real specific because it's really questionable how this was handled. Uh, this goes back into about 1995, 1995, 96. And sex ed was going to be introduced into the grade school. Now, this is a fairly small community. And it, it was, let's say it was removed from major civilization. They get a picture. Um, and some of the some of the men went to the school board and they voiced their opinion and they were told basically shut up, leave, it's done, it's gonna happen. So they went to the next school board meeting. Only this time there was more of them and there was one leader and we we knew the guy. Uh, and he had quite a reputation. He he was a animal bounty hunter. Okay, not, not purple bounty hunter, but he was an animal bounty hunter, and he was tough as nails. Well, he was the spokesman, and he just very calmly, he was quite a gentleman, really, He uh, and, and had children involved in the school, and he very calmly explained that uh, the sex ed would not happen in school, and if it did, uh, there would be one of you people sitting here that would go to the swamp and would never return. And there was no sex ed. Uh, they dropped the they whole subject. Him. Now, whether now this was in late 90s, middle, late 90s. I don't know what happened since then. But they had their own way of dealing with the issue, and it was very effective. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the, the larger theme there, which is confrontation, not compromise, is essential. This has been the biggest roadblock that mass resistance has faced Many conservative, many pro-family activists are hoping for let's find common ground or let's communicate so that they can understand where they're missing it. Many of these politicians, many of these boards, many of these activists, they're not open to reason. They, they, they don't care. They need to be pressured. They need to be bullied. They need to be confronted. They need to be bombarded with the truth. They need to understand that they're going to lose face, lose reputation, lose money, lose their jobs, lose their positions if they continue to advocate for these perverse policies. That's what needs to be happening. Amen and amen. And that's been a theme of Brian's work from the very beginning. Yes. Uh, having uh, drawn very close to him in a number of battles of all the leaders that I've had the uh, honor to work with over the years. Brian is the most uh, steady in choosing to 
confront not in not in such a way that he's going to threaten to take them into the swamp uh, and uh, cause one of them to never return, but to get it does, as you say, Arthur, it do, that story does illustrate what is required at this moment, which is you're uh, we're going to do whatever it takes to stop you, because this particular agenda is that evil. It's that evil that we cannot allow it to continue. It amazes me. It sounds amazes me, bewilders me uh, that it's gotten, we've allowed it to get this far. I predicted 30 some years ago that uh, they would, if we didn't stop sexual orientation from being added to the Human Rights Act, in other words, if we didn't uh, resist this whole anti-discrimination argument that they made successfully for years, that we would end up losing civil marriage. I predicted that. What, what is it you say? You say uh, all the time, I told you so. Well, I yes. told I told Maine so tw- 30 years ago. If we don't get this one right, we're going to end up losing civil marriage. Of course, we lost civil marriage, not just in Maine, but in the entire country, if not in Western civilization over the last decade. We lost it. We gave it up almost without a fight. And now we've pivoted, for the most part, the big money on our side has pivoted to trying to preserve religious liberty. But I think in the average person's mind, they don't get the connection between religious liberty and losing marriage or LGBTQ or anything. It's been a failed, totally failed strategy. But that's where the big money's, that's where the big money's been going. While you guys you guys, Arthur, have been winning the re- winning the real victories. There's not this has nothing to do with religious liberty. Nothing. This is That's correct. I mean, religious liberty is too broad a concept. I mean, you, you'll have some religious sentiment that is a an abject violation of natural right. Uh, that's a real problem. You have uh, some people assert religious liberty to mean I can smoke peyote and commune with the dead over the the dead entrails of an animal. There has to be a commitment to a biblical revelation based on established eternal truth. Judeo-Christian framework must be respected. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that um, using the religious liberty argument has failed consistently because they assert, well, I was born this way. You're discriminating against me and there's nothing wrong with me. I was, quote unquote, born this way. Uh, I, I encountered that uh, I encountered that similar retort this weekend when I was talking about mass resistance with a less conservative group, but they still fo- they focus on liberty. But you can't have liberty without morality. I stood my ground on the essential lie that the homosexual and transgender movement is based upon, and it just has infected the language so badly. This one lady was saying, I, 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 I don't think we should teach it to the kids, but I don't think somebody should be um, penalized or sanctioned for engaging in this perversion as, a, as adults. Because then they mentioned Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde was arrested in prison, in prison just for being gay. And I cut her off and I said, that's where your problem is. It's not an identity. These are behaviors that people can leave, have left. We have um, former homosexuals and transgenders who support our cause. I have a long and growing list of expert witnesses that I rely upon when confronting state legislatures to fight the sex mutilation of minors, to fight the normalization of sexual perversion, um, to fight the attempts to normalize or create these non-discrimination ordinances. We have a movement, a growing community of men and women who are leaving these behaviors. It just goes to show, no, you're not born that way. This is not a natural right. This is not a God-given right to abuse your body with the same sex or to cut your body up to become the opposite sex. These are things that must be militantly fought. And you'll love this. Share this with your audience. Our own Constitution recognizes the laws of nature. You find it in uh, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 10. Congress is supposed to pass laws pertaining to the law of nations, and that's the laws of nature and nature's God as applied to nations. Uh, and that reference, the laws of nature, comes from the Declaration of Independence. We need a restoration of that. Our framers, did, our founders did not come up with the United States out of a vacuum. It wasn't based on some silly revolutionary license. They were appealing to an eternal testimony. And uh, people have forgotten that. And that's why the country is collapsing. Yes. And Bonnie Manchester has decided to become a warrior trying to stop that collapse from happening. She was a middle school teacher in the remaining six minutes. Arthur, give us Bonnie's 
story, which rolled yes. out, which rolled out this year in Ludlow, wow. Massachusetts. Bonnie Manchester had been working in the Ludlow schools for over 20 years, well-respected in the community. She had grown up with the kids and the adults. I mean, the, the other parents in the community she had grown up with when she was a kid. And so she knew the parents. She knew the children. She had a special bond with the community. She knew she needed to speak up against the horrific abuse that was being perpetrated against the kids in the middle school. She was put on leave they had no right to put her on leave. They were without any legal standing. The school, the, 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 the officials who put her on leave, they were all wrong for doing so. She knew she was in the right. Um, she was, she was uh, preparing to leave on her own terms, but then they fired her without cause. Let's be honest. There was no proper cause for doing so. She didn't endanger anybody. She was trying to protect these kids. Uh, she has now very, she has very capable legal counsel that is helping her. And uh, there's a growing movement that is around her to help her out through this through this very difficult time. She has been terminated unfairly, um, but she's fighting back. She has legal counsel, and, along with the parents who are fighting to restore their their children's proper identities. Um, they're fighting back. That's what's happening now. That's awesome, and in large part, that's because of the work that you, Arthur, and Brian, Mass Resistance, have done to bring to light using your excellent. Uh, website and your email, which many hundreds, if not thousands of people receive on a regular basis. This uh, has brought encouragement to Bonnie. I can't imagine her uh, arriving at this point without your uh, support, without your exposure, without you telling that story, because the local newspaper wouldn't have told it. Uh, Fox News wouldn't have told it. CNN wouldn't have told it. NPR wouldn't have told it. You guys are about the only group, even Focus on the Family probably wouldn't have told it. Um, it's very, very pathetic where things are right now. Uh, but there's hope because you got people like Arthur, we got men like Brian Kamker, and we got organizations like Mass Resistance who can come alongside of you. You said that you've got 20 volunteers. Anybody listening right now, I'm sure Arthur would be uh, happy to talk to you, answer your questions, and perhaps uh, enable small you. Correction. Small correction, um, chapter leaders, chapter leaders. So we have many other activists connected with those chapter leaders. That's uh, to, to clarify. So we have a, a growing membership that is working with us in many states throughout the country, in many countries around the world. Yeah. And if you're listening and you are triggered to do something to confront this evil, then uh, Arthur, how can? what's the quickest way for them to get in touch with you? I'm more than happy to share. I have a direct number that you can call. Please feel free to call me, 781-474-3005. That is my, that is my work cell. Please call me if you something's happening in your area and you want to fight back against this perversity, 781-474-3005. My email address is arthur at massresistance.org, A-R-T-H-U-R at massresistance.org. Feel free to reach out to me. We've had many people reaching out, more people every day wanting to fight back because they know that with mass resistance, they can win. And if you forget all of that, you all you really need to remember is mass resistance. You can Google it and it'll be all negative, but that's okay. You'll probably get the link anyway. Massresistance.org. And there's a contact page there. And I'm sure if you fill that out, the message will get to Arthur or Brian uh, or someone from the organization will be in touch with you. Folks, we've got to stop simply praying and we have got to add action to our prayers and get involved with turning this around as things collapse around us. Arthur, you think we're going to be able to, we got one minute left. I'll give you the last word. You think you're, we're going to be able to stop the collapse of the United States of America or is it too late? That, that's a very broad question. I think the choice comes down to, will enough people be restored to hear again what our country is founded upon? There's a need to bring people back to the fundamental principles that this country was founded upon. And it wasn't sodomy and it wasn't the destruction of marriage. It was, if I may be so bold, we need to make male and female great again, make marriage great again, make mom and dad great again. Because when America is good, then America can be great. And with that, we'll thank you for tuning in to WCNTV.net on this Wednesday. We'll be back next Wednesday with another informative and inspirational 
episode of WCNTV.net. Share this link with all your friends and family. God bless you.